College students graduated with an average debt of $30,000 in student loans in 2015, and that's just the average, as Senator Bernie Sanders made clear during the presidential campaign here at a rally in New Hampshire. We have a young lady here, $183,000 in debt. Now, is that a result of going to Las Vegas and losing on the casino? No. That's because she wanted to get a decent education. But what about the debt of parents who are struggling financially but help their children pay for the rising cost of college? A bankruptcy trustee can sue to take back tuition money paid to a college in the years before bankruptcy, but courts are split on the fundamental question. A bankruptcy judge in Atlanta ruled this month that a Georgia woman did not have a legal duty to pay her daughter's college tuition, writing that he disagreed with the opposite decision reached by a Boston judge six months ago. Our guest is Heather Jarvis. She's a student loan expert. Heather, explain the legal issue in these tuition clawback lawsuits. Well, the question is whether the bankruptcy trustee can reclaim funds that were paid to a college and put them back in the estate of the debtor. So in the recent Georgia case, the mother in that case had paid some college tuition for her daughter's education, and the college um, wanted to retain those tuition payments, but the trustee wanted to recoup the value of that transferred fund for the um, bankruptcy estate. So the court considered whether the debtor uh, was able to receive what they call a reasonably equivalent value in exchange for the money she had transferred to the university. And in that analysis, the court determined that um, she did not receive such value um, be because finding that she did not have a duty to pay for her daughter's education. Heather, is looking at whether somebody is has a duty or is really obligated to pay their child's tuition the way that courts should be looking at this question? I mean, people have felt for a long time, or at least a lot of people have, that they feel they have some obligation towards their kids to help them get educated, or a lot of people feel that way. Is it is duty as a legal matter really the right way to look at this question? Well, and, and I think that that's really the right way to think about it, because it is a, a question about which there are different opinions. Um, parents certainly do, um, in many cases, express a feeling of that they have such a duty. Um, certainly, it's it's customary in our culture, if parents are able to assist with their children's college education, it's typically expected. Um, but in the recent Georgia case, uh, Judge Hoffman looked at some conflicting guidance from prior decisions uh, and determined that, um, in his view, there there was, although there was a societal expectation that parents pay for college, that there was not, in fact, any corresponding legal duty, um, and that such a such a duty um, didn't did, did not um, exist, even though the debtor may have felt such a moral obligation to pay for the college education. And in that decision, the judge 
talked about Judge Hoffman, the Massachusetts judge, who had decided that it was right for the parents to pay. And in his decision, Judge Hoffman said the emphasis should be on reasonably, in reasonably equivalent value. Often a parent won't know at the time she pays a bill, whether for herself or her for her child, if the medical procedure, the music lesson, or the college fee will turn out to have been worth it. But there's a reasonable equivalency, he says. And isn't it the same as if, a, you know, a, a someone gets joy, one parent gets joy out of buying a sports car and another parent gets joy out of paying for their child's college education? Should the college suffer? Well, you know, I think that it's an interesting series of, of questions because certainly um, we receive various amounts of joy from spending our money on things, potentially including on education for our children. Um, but the court looks to whether the debtor, in this case, received any economic uh, benefit um, as opposed to um, any you know, less, less tangible benefit, as you describe. Well, Heather, one of the things that's interesting about this is the judge seems to have made a distinction between money that was paid out of a uh, 529 college savings account and money that was paid separately, you know, going uh, separate from that, just cash that I guess that the parent had on hand. Why is there a distinction there? Well, there there was some dispute over the source of the funds that were transferred to the university because they had been transmitted through the debtor's checking account, um, and the um, question, you know, there was some question about whether the, the funds had initially come from a 529 savings account, um, and those accounts are special in that the funds are designated specifically for the purpose of um, education and, and qualifying uh, tuition expenses. So the you know tracing of the funds was uh, certainly a large part of the analysis in the case. Heather, are the courts the place to settle this? In 2015, a New York congressman introduced a ban on tuition clawbacks in bankruptcy in Congress. It didn't go very far, but I'm wondering if Congress is a better place to decide this. Well, certainly it does seem that with some, you know, dispute at the court level with some different findings from different judges that additional guidance would be appropriate. Um, and, and certainly um, bankruptcy reform with regard to education costs and uh, student loan discharges um, is uh, due. Well, do you think there's any chance, you know, colleges are going to start needing to probe into parents' finances to make sure that they're not going to have a clawback? Because if they're getting tuition, you know, when they can get money from people and not have to give aid necessarily, it's a big deal for them financially. It certainly. I mean, I think colleges have been and, and, and may redouble their efforts to be um, confident uh, in the source of the funds they're receiving, because just as you say, um, having those funds um, taken back is, is not going to sit well with their business model. 
And according to the Wall Street Journal, most colleges have been settling with a return of more than 275000 in tuition since 2014. Thanks so much for being with us here on Bloomberg Law. That's Heather Jarvis. She is a student loan expert. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. We'll be back tomorrow at 1 p.m. Wall Street time. Please join us then. Thanks to our technical director, Reginald Bazil, and our producer, David Sutcherman. Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson starts right now on Bloomberg Radio. Good afternoon, Carol. Hi, June. Hi, Michael. Hi, everybody. Uh, we got the Snap Road Show we're going to talk about already hitting some roadblocks. Also, chicken and burgers, apparently the perfect recipe for M&A. Uh, and then we're going to talk about a Japanese drone. That's a dog. I put it out on Twitter. <laughs> perfect recipe for a lot of other things, too. Chicken and burgers. That's it for this edition of Bloomberg Law. Coming up, Bloomberg Markets with Carol Master and Corey Johnson. This is Bloomberg.